welcome to Travel Radio Online Podcast. This is Megan Chapa, your host. Uh, welcome to this episode featuring Sicily, Italy with Sharon Oldham. We're going to get into that in a second, but firstly, thank you to everyone listening in Canada. You guys are fantastic neighbors, and have a good day, eh? Sharon, welcome back. Great to be here. Sharon, can you take a minute to introduce yourself to new listeners that haven't heard your past episodes? Well, my name is Sharon Oldham, and I have a personal website. It's Sharon. It's actually your ticket the number two italy.com and i am an italy travel specialist uh one of the things that i do besides arranging travel for people who'd like to visit italy is also um help organize women's tours to all over actually but we've been focusing on italy lately and that club is called ciao bella getaway club and you can find that on it has its own website just like it's spelled and we also have a Facebook page, and on that Facebook page, you can see a lot of the pictures from our previous trip we just took to Sicily just this May. Uh, and on our website, ChildBellaGetawayClub.com, you can see pictures from our previous trips. So, uh, obviously, I like to travel to Sicily. I go two or three times a year. I speak Italian, and... Um, Organizing trips to Italy is one of my favorite things, and taking groups of ladies is another one of my favorite things. Fantastic. Now, can you, uh, you've introduced Ciao Bella uh, Getaway Club. What do these ladies all have in common? Gosh, that's a good question. Uh, the ladies, just thinking about the 10 ladies that went with us on this last trip, it's hard to identify. They didn't know each other hardly at all. Oh, that's uh, some of them had traveled with me before, so they had met each other. But most of them live in different states. Um, I would say the age range is anywhere from 50, actually all the way up to 80. And they all have a passion for travel. They like adventure. They want to do something new and different. And they like the comfort of traveling with a group of women who have that very same passion for travel. Um, other than that, they come from such very different grounds. Most of them are all married, uh, leaving husbands behind, or they're divorced. Uh, some of them actually bring their daughters, their grown daughters, on the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just about it. They come from varied worlds. What I was trying to get to, and I'm hoping that I'm saying this with accuracy, is that they're all ladies who want the opportunity to travel but don't necessarily have partners to travel with. And so this is a group of people to travel with that all have the same interest. That's true. And we do try to help uh, single travelers find a roommate if they want that. Uh, that doesn't always work out. We don't always have enough single travelers to pair them up, but um, we did have a single traveler on this last trip, and she preferred to be by herself, and that was just fine with her, so it was good. All right, so that's great to know that, you know, if you are a person that's a single traveler and you would like to travel with the Chow Bella Getaway Club, Sharon will make her best efforts to make sure that you have someone to room with if you have interest. Now, Sharon, you guys just went to Sicily. Can you tell us about why you chose Sicily? That's a really good question. Um, I chose Sicily because I have traveled all over Italy many, many times, and Mm -hmm. I've covered just about all of it. 
But Sicily is new and unique, and it's kind of rising on the uh, travel spectrum for people that are really interested in something different. Sicily is actually more Greek and Arab than it is Italian. And so it was kind of interesting to uh, arrange a trip where you're going to be looking at Greek ruins and, and Roman ruins as well, and also experience some unique Italian food from Sicily. Every region in Sicily is different, and they're very proud of their uniqueness. And Sicily is, um, it's just kind of new and unique and kind of, uh, I don't know, raw? Is that mm. a good word to say? Uh, but it's very, very exciting. And I think I got a group of ladies, some who had never been to Italy before and some who had traveled to Italy before and wanted to experience this newness, this new part of travel in Italy. Would you say... You know, going along the veins of raw, would you say something like it's been able to maintain its individual cultural identities for the regions rather than being molded into something touristy? Is that a good way to well, describe that's it? The way it is, that's the way it is now. And that's why it is a pleasure to travel there. The crowds haven't really discovered it yet. Yeah. Um, but yet it is kind of crowded. Uh, Palermo in particular, is just such a wonderful city, wonderful heritage, beautiful churches with uh, Spanish influence, French influence, mm. Arabic influence, mm. and who would have ever thought? And it's just so unique and so different. And then you visit, visit their markets, which Palermo is famous for, just kind of uh, loud and boisterous, great food, great um vegetables and things that you've never seen before. So it's wonderful to visit the markets, kind of travel down through and travel with a good guide that can tell you about what you're seeing Mm -hmm. uh, and seeing how it's so different from the rest of Italy. So were the ladies just amazed by this trip? Yes. They were very amazed because a lot of, as I said, some of them had been to Italy before and they kept asking about mozzarella cheese and uh, what kind of pizza is it? This is. And boy, <laughs> the Sicilians are very quick to tell you, you know, no mozzarella here. We use ricotta and uh, you're not going to find cooking with butter. It's going to be more olive oil because <sighs> Sicily is like Greece. You know, it's the southern part of Italy wonderful olive oil, Um, a lot of different things like pasta alla norma, wonderful desserts, um, you know, cannelloni, uh, just incredibly different things that um, you just don't really expect. And so when we did a cooking class, this was one of the most favorite things on the trip because we divided the group in half so we were small and in two particular, we had two guides. And we went into the markets, and this time we were on the southeastern part of Sicily in a town called Syracusa, Syracuse. And we were on the island of Ortigia, and we walked into the markets, and there they're famous for these spice markets. It's like mm. being in India or someplace exotic in, mm. in Africa. These wonderful herbs and spices. We bought fish, we bought spices, we bought vegetables. And then we came back and went into the home of our guide. Oh. I mean, we went into her kitchen. They had, she had a lovely home. She had, she was young. She had two kids and we all put on our aprons and we made homemade pasta. We made fish. 
Uh, we made desserts. Um, it was just incredible. Everybody had questions. We wanted to see the house. We wanted to see the bathroom. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was really, really fun. And I just want to stop right here and say, I have recommended you to a number of friends that have wanted to go to Italy. And some have called and some have not. And just at this point in the podcast, people should understand your depth of knowledge and how using an informed and experienced travel agent can change the entire outlook of a vacation. You work hard for your vacation dollars. And Sharon, I feel like these girls got a great bang for their buck, even just in hearing this much of the of your trip. So um, thanks for well, being thank an expert. You. I, I appreciate that. that. Yeah, I appreciate that because after the trip, I went on to the main part of the island of of Italy, mm-hmm. and I went to Bologna specifically for another client who wants to experience this new food museum that's just launched in Bologna, called Fico. And so those are the kinds of things that I do when I travel, and I think that enhances my experiences and my knowledge. Of, of Italy, and I just give it back when I help people plan trips. Excellent. Now, I have to ask you, because I went to a wine museum on, I think it was on, oh, was it on the Rhine? Uh, no, it wasn't, but it's, oh, what's the name of the river? It's in, it's in Germany, and it was a wine mm-hmm. museum, but it's not, we did not know what we were going to. It's, it's fully a wine-tasting cellar, and they give you a basket when you go in, and like, you know, and you're, it's met when you taste a ball of wine that you like, you pick up one, you put it in your basket so you can purchase it when you leave. And you know, there are these huge beefy baskets because it's wine, it's heavy, but it was, it was a lot of fun, but it clearly was not a museum. What was the museum like for the food? Oh, in Bologna? Yeah. Oh my God. Was it a museum? Uh, that it's not a museum. Huh. It is more, I, ha- I I think I would liken it to a conference center because oh. FICO has, it's F-I-C-O, and uh, in its Italian abbreviation, but it's partnered with Italy, which, um, oh, you know, I've the Bastianich. Yeah. Well, Italy, this is not like the typical Italy you've been to in mm-hmm. London or if you've been to Rome or New York. Mm-hmm. This is uh, over, I would say, five acres oh my gosh. of a huge place that has gathered all the different regions of Italy together. There are uh, several Michelin star restaurants within the boundaries. There, there are. Mm. They have pigs. They have chickens. They huh. have vineyards. They have fruit orchards. It's all about the experience of growing food and making food in Italy. So people that come there happen to be top chefs from all over the world, mm. and they train there. They have classes in cheese making. They have classes in wine making, olive pressing, bread making, oh. gelato making. Mm. And it would take, if you were really going there seriously, as I have foodie clients that are going, they're going for five days. Huh. And you stay in Bologna, and it's very easy to get out there. And you take a, you rent a bicycle, and you bicycle through these five acres of Lovely shops, lovely restaurants, classes, and all of these experiences uh, about all of Italy. And every region in Italy, of course, is very different. They're very proud of that. Mm -hmm. And so it's quite the thing to do. I was only there for one day, mainly to gather information for clients, but it's certainly something that people would go back to just to eat. I mean, it was just 
It was incredible. I mean, the pizza alone, if you only just went for pizza, it was just out of this world. Yeah. Um, but coming back to the Sicily trip, you yep. had mentioned wine tasting. Yes. On the Sicily trip, we did three, we stopped several places and did wine tastings. And the wine in Sicily, of course, is wonderful because they're blessed with wonderful sun and weather, plus being on the sea. And so we had wine tasting near Mount Etna, the mm -hmm. volcano. Mm -hmm. We had just gone up and we had toured some of the calderas and done a little hiking up there. And then we came down, we did a wine tasting, and we had wonderful, of course, they pair it with wonderful food. It's not just a wine mm -hmm. tasting. Mm -hmm. They talk about, you know, the reds and the whites and the different kinds of grapes. Some grapes are never exported. Some grapes, you know, are very famous and they're exported all over the world. And wine can be very, very inexpensive. And so it was, it was wonderful. I would have to say the three times that we did wine tasting, we did it with wonderful cheese of each of the regions in Sicily, mm -hmm. um, wonderful meats. Uh, it was just, it was very, very good. So I would recommend that. And I know some really good wineries. So For real. it would be good. Yeah, I we're spoiled here in England because we're pretty close proximity to Europe. And I mean, it's rare that we go to a wine store and pick up a bottle that's under 10 pounds and have it be terrible. Like that's... Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I just feel like they've well, been the thing growing... About Italy, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say the thing about Italy is you can go on the street and buy a bottle of wine for two euro. Oh, my and gosh. it's incredibly good. Yeah. Because it's unpasteurized and it's meant to be drunk right away. You wouldn't let that bottle of wine wait and wait and wait. That's fresh, and it's wonderful. Mm. It's, and when you go to restaurants, I always tell clients, and this is what we did too when the ladies would have free nights to go out and eat, you know, don't spend a lot of money buying a bottle of wine. Ask for a carafe, a half a liter or a full liter of the table wine, and you'll never spend more than like five euro, and it's incredibly good. Yeah. Everybody was just blown away. You talked about, you asked the question about, what were the ladies amazed at? Mm -hmm. I had introduced them to uh, an aperitivo. Um, the Italians take aperitivi time very, very seriously. It's yes. usually <laughs> between 5 and 7 o'clock. Mm -hmm. And the popular drink, and it's not just in Italy, I'm sure you have it in England, is Aperol Spritz mm. or Campari Spritz. Yes, And Campari uh, spritz. they're all up there very popular. Yeah, they're very popular here in America too. Aperol is, Aperol is A-P-E-R-O-L and it's pronounced Aperol. And it's just wonderful Aperol, which is a bitter, uh, drink. It's orange. It's not sweet. Mm -hmm. And they top it with Prosecco. And oh, you know, come around five or six o'clock and then when you order it, you get olives and chips mm. and little little pieces of pizza, meats, and it comes what they kind of call like a, you know, it's a little mini dinner. Yeah. Uh, and it's 10 euro. Nice. You know, hey. That sounds yeah, awesome. It's really good. You know what's yeah. funny, mentioning Prosecco, and I don't know if this is like because the Brits and the French have this rivalry thing going on, but champagne is not really a thing here. It is Prosecco everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, and well... Well, because it's illegal to call any sparkling wine champagne if it doesn't come from France. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing here in the States, we call it sparkling wine. And what they call sparkling wine in Italy is Prosecco. 
And Prosecco is usually the, the region that it, the grapes come from, the Veneto, from the northern part of Italy. And it can be very, very cheap. And yeah. it's very, very good. It is. <laughs> so, yeah, it is. It's yeah. very good. Um, so let's talk about what your favorite stop was on this trip. Mm. That's really hard because I loved Palermo and I loved Syracuse, Syracuse, uh, because they're both so very different. But I think one of the highlights for all of us was really experiencing the Greek temples mm. in Agrigento. Agrigento is on the southern uh part of the island kind of you know it's facing africa you know it's very very close within mm. 70 miles actually That's so interesting and, i didn't realize oh the temples are gorgeous and they're on the sea agrigento is on the sea and you, we took these wonderful tours um and we would walk it's a it's a national park and you would see they were almost completely intact mm. they were gorgeous and we would hear about you know the all of the different wars and you know the Greeks that came and went and when the Romans came and how they took over and so it was kind of interesting history that you really don't get from the rest of Italy mm-hmm. uh, because of course Sicily uh, was run by the Spanish the Bourbons for a long long time and the French and you know so many different cultures come through and then they had these Greek temples and they all used them for different things so. That was, it was really fun. We took lots of wonderful pictures. And of course, we had good food while we were in Agrigento. Uh, so that, I think, was one of my favorite things was showing, you know, the, the rich heritage of the temples and also the theaters. Mm. If you go to Taromina, which is the most popular place in Sicily, a lot of Americans only get to Taromina if they do a cruise or something. Mm. And Taromina is very, very popular. It's up on a very high hill overlooking the sea, but it's also facing Mount Etna. And they have a theater there, an old Greek-Roman, who became Roman later, mm-hmm. theater that looks right out at Mount Etna. And so they've had wonderful concerts, you know, um, Everybody that's anybody has done a concert there, and people mm. still do live concerts in these old Greek and Roman theaters. Are they open-air oh. Greek theaters? Oh, yeah, they're all open-air. That's incredible. All facing, you know, they're, especially at Taromina, which is just lovely because they've got that view of Mount Etna and the sea at the same time. Mm. Um, and so it's in its way high, and it's just uh, it's beautifully constructed. And so, you know, this it's pretty nice. So what's the temperature like this time of year? Beautiful. We we didn't even have any rain. Huh? Uh, I would say the temperature ranged anywhere between 70 and 85. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. It was really nice. It could get a little bit warm, but, you know, we didn't do a lot of hiking. Uh, you know, when it got hot, it was time to go in and have something to drink and... You know, and we had a, the nice thing about our bus was it was air conditioned. We had internet on the bus. We had Wi-Fi. We had, um, plugins, a USB plugins so we could charge our phone. So when we'd be on the cool and wonderful, wonderfully comfortable bus, um, we could all use our phones and Facebook and download our pictures. And mm. so it, it was very nice. And plus we had a wonderful guide. Um, she just, she was Sicilian. Mm. And um, in every place you go, you have to have local guides. And all of the local guides that took us through 
um, the cities and also through all of the temples everywhere. They they were just they were really good. They weren't boring. Um, and the you know the tours never lasted more than an hour or so. So you just never really got too tired of experiencing all of the things that you could see. I think that's a great argument, though, for using a guide. I mean, if you didn't use a guide, you probably would get half the information and you would have wandered all day reading placards and not experienced as much. Exactly. Yeah, it is a good thing to have a guide. I mean, I do speak Italian, and I've been many, many times, but I always try to have a local. I have a guide that goes with us that can... Anything that happens, if the luggage gets hung up somewhere mm-hmm. or somebody has an accident or any of those kinds of things, you really want to have a good guide that can make all of those connections for you. Yeah. Now, you talked about you guys did hiking, you did uh, up Mount Etna, but you also talked uh, that you had, uh, like, I don't want to say like an aging demographic, but you had a, a demographic that possibly has some mobility issues. So you planned a trip that was fun for everyone. You could experience it, but it was still like, you wouldn't necessarily go in a wheelchair, but it wasn't too strenuous. Can you talk about that for people listening? Yeah. And I make it very clear when people sign up in my terms and conditions about the, um, the level, uh, uh, what kind of ability you have to have in order to go on this trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a, one lady with severe arthritis, but she was just determined. I mean, we were in this town with ceramics, Counter Girone. Mm-hmm. She really wanted to see this town, and she wanted she had specifically gone for this particular town mm-hmm. because she wanted a, a planter. And she she just trooped along. I mean, uh, sometimes it was slow going, and if there were stairs that she couldn't do, she said, I'll meet you at the other side. So we always accommodated that. I don't know that somebody in a wheelchair could have come on this one, Mm -hmm. Um, but I I try to make it very clear about the level of um, uh, what your ability has to be in order to go through this particular trip. Okay. And it wasn't too strenuous. I, but like I said, I had I had ladies that were eighty years old. Yeah. Too. That's great. Now, yeah. Sharon, you go to Italy frequently, as we've heard you say. Was there a new experience that you had this trip? Something mm. that brand spanking new, you did not. Ex- maybe it was a surprise. Well, I think. It wasn't really brand spanking new in the fact that I've done cooking classes before, but I think that cooking class in Ortigia in Syracuse was off the chart. I mean, because mm. it was personal, because we there were only just a few of us, you know, you could make it very, very intimate. We were in the market. She introduced us to her butcher. Mm. We got to, you know, we met people that, you know, she grew up in that market, so she knew everybody. It just... I mean, I was overwhelmed. I, I, I just was eating it up, and so was everybody else. And then when we got to her home, we wanted to know about her grandmother and all huh. her relatives and how they came to have this house and how long they'd had this house. And, you know, uh, that we, when you have that ability to be with somebody for like three or four hours, not only, you know, just cooking, you can ask and be intimate um, in a, in a whole different way. Uh, and that really, for me, was like the highlight. Yeah. Even though I've done cooking experiences in Italy before, um, I think that was the highlight for me. 
So did you get to interact with her kids? Were they young? And did you notice any, like, parenting no, differences? Kids, you know, she, no, she uh-huh. <laughs> kids were in school. And so, uh, you know, this is her job, and she does this. She does catering. She does. She was quite an amazing. They have a restaurant. They have a restaurant, her and her husband. Mm. He's a food blogger in Sicily. Oh, and neat. so, um, yeah, they were very interesting people. Uh, and so, no, she, the house except for the lady that um, was assisting her. There were no other family members there. So was it a huge kitchen? No. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't even as big as my kitchen. It was, gosh, I can't even think. Uh, you know, it was It was small. It was like in an apartment, although she had a big house. The kitchen was not large. Um, That's so interesting, was, but, but she was cranking out was, good food, though. Well, yeah, and we we had a big in the dining room. That's where we she had this great big old oil cloth tablecloth. Mm. That's where we made the pasta, mm. so we could get six people around the table, um, and you know do all of the pasta work. And then we all got kind of go into the kitchen every once in a while and and watch as we were cooking the fish and all of it. So it was a small little place, by you know. By American standards, by European standards, it was probably large. Yeah. And also, they built that house a long time ago. So, you know. Oh, yeah. It was, it was old. It was old, but it was big. You know, her, it had been in her family for a long time. So, mm-hmm. it was neat. That's neat heritage. Um, did you have any mishaps, funny stories, or cultural words of wisdom that you picked up on this trip? Well, one mishap is we did have a lady take a fall, oh. and uh, when she came down the stairs to come to dinner one night, and um, but you know she wasn't injured. We were ready to take her to the hospital, and of course, everybody that travels with me has travel insurance. Yep. And uh, so, um, but it was just a an ice pack on her shoulder, and the next day she was ready to go. It was like she was going to go on this trip. By God! Oh my gosh! <laughs> and, well, good. But. Um, what was the other part of your question? I had thought of something else. A funny were, story, yeah. or did you pick up any cultural words of wisdom for us? Well, I'll tell you, the the funniest part was this one lady who has family in Italy, mm-hmm. and she was one of the older ladies. And uh, she had been many times up around uh, the Cinque Terre, you know, around Portofino mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Genoa and that area. So she visited family there. She doesn't really speak Italian, but that's where her heritage was. Mm-hmm. So she really thought she knew the food. And it was uh, when I said mozzarella, she, you know, when we were cooking and they were, she would say, well, where's the Parmesan? And then she goes, oh, uh-oh. no, Parmesan. <laughs> this is not part of Sicily. You know, this, Sicily, we have our own goats, our own kind of cheeses, our own, you know, so there would be a different kind of cheese. And um, so she kind of was taken back that she kind of came into it thinking she knew a lot about Italian food, but she really only knew a lot about the region in Liguria where her family was. So I think that's kind of funny. And that's a a lot of Italians, you know, people that come to Italy, they come and they think, well, I'll just have cappuccino all day. And in Italy, cappuccino isn't really served afternoon. And so we, they all learned all of these little cultural pieces of, uh, you know, the way that, you know, you don't put cheese on, on fish dishes and you don't, you know, those yeah. things that 
they thought they knew American Italian food, but when they get there, the Italians go, what the heck are you talking about? Right. Meatballs <laughs> and spaghetti. Yeah, we don't no. do meatballs and spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's funny. That's like the States in, the, in a sense because people don't realize how humongous the country is. We're like... In Pennsylvania, there's no way you're going to find anyone willing to eat a Rocky Mountain oyster. Like, that's not going to happen. But, you know, yeah. you go across the country, and that's just normal there. And if you know your little yeah. pocket, you think, well, I'm so familiar with my country and my culture. But then, you you know, you move across the country, and, well, things are different here. And that's all right. We learn. I that's know. good. Yeah. And they're very proud of it, too. I mean, they... They don't want to be confused with, you know, something that's going on in Naples or Bologna or Florence. They know, I mean, you, they can get Parmesan, obviously. Yeah. And I mean, it, you know, because it, but it's not, what they were trying to teach us was local. Yeah. We want to do things that are local. And um, so it was, it was just kind of humorous to watch. Everybody else kind of was in the learning mode, but she was kind of in the, well, I'm just, I can't believe this, you know, kind of mode, you know. So it was funny. That's okay. She, I'm sure it tasted fantastic in the end, and she was happy camper after that. Yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah. Now, what about future plans for the group? Um, that's a good question. I have just got back, and I'm still doing some follow-up work uh, with the group and everything, but I, I don't have any plans in the future, but I'm working with Anita Pagliasso to think about perhaps mm-hmm. a cruise. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it'll probably be someplace in Europe. Um, yes. And if I have a, a say in it, it'll be someplace like Greece or Italy, Barcelona, those kinds of places. Uh-huh. Um, but nothing definite. But thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah. This is a fun ladies group to travel with. And, and, and if you're outside of that age demographic, you should still consider going because if you don't have a, someone to travel with because the if you haven't listened to the past episodes, they have a lot of fun. You experience great things, and, you know, you have a group of people to travel with. You feel safe, and their knowledge, Sharon's knowledge of of where they're going is just, you can't beat it. You're going to have a good time. So be encouraged. You should, you should mm. check that out. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I agree that one of the daughters that came with one of the mothers on this trip, she was in her 30s, and yeah. she had a great time. So, you know. i got to tell you what. I... I love hanging with the more mature folks. They have great stories, so you can learn yeah. a lot and well, laugh well, a lot. It can, it can get it can get kind of uh, raunchy sometimes too because they kind of they get free, you know, after an aperol spritz and uh, you know getting it, and all of a sudden people start telling things because they figure I'm never going to see these ladies again. And so we heard some interesting stories. That's so funny, yeah. And and at some point, I'm sure they're just like whatever. I, yeah, I'm just gonna let it all out. That's awesome. That's ex- I love that. It is awesome. Now, how can people? Fun. Oh, sorry. Before I, before those are the, really the ends of my formal questions for you. But I want to give you an opportunity to include anything that I may have forgotten or that we left out that is on your mind that you want to include. I can't really think of anything. Um, it was a, a very unique experience, and I would encourage people to think about traveling with Chow Bella. Um, but also, just to add, you know, the other what other work that I do is I arrange 
uh, customized Italian travel for mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's my specialty. And even if you don't want to go on your own trip, like renting a car and doing just specific hotels, I do tours through Globus, Trafalgar, Tauk. I, I do those as well. In fact, I've got quite a few people coming uh, going to Italy in September, and so I set all of that up, and I also do cruises. Yes. And so don't forget, I mean, Ciao Bella is a huge part of what I do and what I love, but I do it also for families, for couples, for ladies wanting to travel together, or kids wanting to make a trip. I do that as well. Great. Now, how can people contact you? The easiest way is by email, and it's Sharon, S-H-A-R-O-N, at the letter A, ticket, the number two, travel.com. Sharon at A, ticket to travel.com. And in the States, my phone number uh, is the U.S. code is one. The area code here is 510-676-4590. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, Sharon, that's everything I had for today. I thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's always a pleasure, and I look forward to having you back in the future. And for everyone out there listening, thank you so very much. This is Megan Chapa of Travel Radio Podcast saying good night. Good night.